We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Party. Let's party like it's 2015 or whenever the heck it was the last time the Mavericks won 50 games, which was some time ago, and boy, it really feels good. Dallas drops Detroit and really um, just kind of blew them out of the water in the third quarter, which will be one to remember where the shot, like, I think it was like 14 of 17. Really, really fun. Um, just uh, just nice. You know, as I was telling Josh on our podcast, we just finished recording, it's, it's really great to come into these end-of-season games where they're playing an under-500 team and not freak out, which is kind of what happened last year where we had so many Mavs, uh, you know, group therapies where we're pissed off about what was happening. Um, all right, so let's uh, hear your thoughts, and let's get on out of here because I don't really think there's much to take away from this game. Um, everybody's welcome to look ahead if you want to because we're close to locking up top four C as we can. Uh, you can look back. We don't really have to talk about this game if people don't want to. Uh, it's it's great. All right, coming up first, let's go with uh, my man Frank. How you doing, Frank? Hey, brother. Thanks for having me up. Sure. Yeah, I I don't really have much to have from that game. Looking forward, uh, had a thought. I know we lost three games to Phoenix in the past, but the way you've seen us play again, I mean, we went to Boston. Brooklyn, um, you know, every team minus Philly, we went to their to their house and we gave it to them, regardless if we had to come back from double digit. But it doesn't matter. We won the game and we showed resilience. Um, do you think you're more traumatized if we get stuck in the, say, we make it to the second round and we had to face Phoenix? Do you think you're more, are you still stuck with the stigma that Phoenix just owns us or has those victories over good teams. Cause we didn't, we haven't faced Phoenix since like January and we've faced like four or five good teams. 
with those big wins, have you maybe shifted your thoughts to thinking that we could, you know, turn it into seven games and maybe even steal a series like that? Just because, you know, of the way we've won against good teams after the Sun series or after the Suns games? Um, this is a fun question because some of it, 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 it assumes getting out of the first round, which I love this confidence. Uh, we haven't gotten out of the first round in 11 years and we're all, all of us are like, yeah, we're, we're getting out. <laughs> and I think that's great. Yeah. I know a lot of that um, scenario had a, a lot of other dominoes falling in place that haven't really fell in place for us, but just, just for, you know, I, I, no, but I agree. I, I, I'm saying I like this because I tend to agree with you and, but for me, it's kind of an expectations game where my whole my whole thing was I need them to get to the second round. I just I need that for the narrative. And if you lose to Chris Paul and the Suns and that cast of just I mean, they're really good. Is that like that's that's something I can live with. Um, do All I right, think we just got to look competent. Right. Do I think they could beat them? No. I'll put it to you like this. Friend of the program or enemy of the program, depending on your point of view, Matt Moore has has mentioned when I harass him about Maverick stuff is that he sort of put the the Mavericks in the, the Toronto Raptors zone when they won the title a few years back where the shooting variance for someone like Fred Van Vliet just threw everything, like, repeatedly. And the Mavericks' path to – to the Western conference finals or the finals, whatever you think is them shooting like they did tonight, which was Luca finding wide open shooters and those wide open shooters knocking people down. Um, I hope everybody just heard me there. Cause for some reason, my uh, phone's Siri decided to uh, pick up. Um, I had you the whole time. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> that was weird. I looked down and it's got that like little icon on the phone. So it's like, I can see it. I will tell you though that like I just have sons PTSD because they've simply they've handled us for like six or seven years. It's been and, and you know it's like you remember when Dirk dropped fifty points in the Western Conference Finals on Tim Thomas. Like I feel like it's just like payment payback for like the Mavericks just like wearing the Suns for half a decade. Yeah, just that's that's what it is. But um, in conclusion, I I think uh, just for the for the sake of fun. Uh, conversation we, we 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 see we see phoenix in the second round luca is there's not really a team that can keep him from carving up a team and him being able to create an open shot for somebody so there i don't it doesn't matter if we play the pistons or the suns yeah we the only difference there is just can we defend them because yes we can get we can get open shots we're going to get them it doesn't matter who we play it's We've, and we've already talked about it ad nauseum. Can Jalen no, get back to Queensland? Can blah, 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 you know, a lot of the same stuff that I won't harp on, but I just wanted to know if, you know, just this, you know. Well, Tim Cato, I, I talked about this, this three straight podcast. I'm talking about this, but I really like this Tim Cato article. You wrote about the Bucks game finally, and you wrote about it yesterday. I really recommend going and giving it a read where he's talking about Lucas problem solving. And Lucas problem solving is he's he's just playing basketball at a different level um i have have a lot of a lot of you weirdos not you guys but people on the internet being like jason kidd told luca to hunt Giannis, and it's like "Mm." i'm sure they may have had some discussions but luca's the most instinctual basketball player alive so he figures stuff out and i am 
interested in seeing him try to figure that out. That'd be kind of my answer, Frank. Right. Well, I'll leave everybody with this. I, I really feel the vibes are, I really think we're going to win in the first round. I, I think, I think we are just, too. Uh, I love it. I think, I think we got a little bit of a hair on our chin now and uh, I think we're good to go. So go Mavs and thanks man. See ya. Sure thing. Okay. Coming up next, we have friend of the program, Chris. How are we doing, Chris? Hey Kirk, how you doing? I'm all right. That was a nice little win. Yes, it was. It was. And just think of how many more losses we would have if the, Right now, we would probably be in the playing game, honestly, I think, if we still had Porzingis and we didn't have Dinwiddie. And, you know, a little bit of Bertans, he kind of gives us some breathing room when he goes on a hot, you know, a three-point shooting hot streak. Um, but, damn, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's just so important to this team. Just, you know, at the beginning of the second quarter, Luke is out of the game. Spencer's just – he just takes over. I mean, it's, it's just really nice. And it's, this team is just built for the playoffs. They just grind teams out. We can get down by 10 to 15 points. It doesn't matter because we'll, we just, we just go on these runs. I mean, you got to shout out to Dwight Powell because at the beginning of the year, we were all just like, trade him, you know? I mean, we've wanted him traded since he tore his Achilles. We're like, bye. He's yeah. a negative asset. Get him out of here. But I will give it the devil is due here. Like he is uh, very impressive. He plays his ass off. He's doing every, he's durable. I mean, I mean, yeah, he had the Achilles tear a couple of years ago, but he's, I mean, I don't remember him really being out much this year, but uh, Theo Pinson, the cheerleader on our team. But you know what? I like it because that gives a little more spice on the bench. It does help momentum when we're doing good. The bench is, is alive. I mean, we, we this team just has those 2011 vibes where everybody's playing for each other. There's really, really one superstar on the team. That's Luca, and everybody else is just solid role players. Um I like where we're at, and Josh Green just keep developing. You know, his three-point shot is actually not really that. I don't know. He's, he's tightened he up his form a lot. He's he's. It's a lot. Um, do you remember the shot that got waved off the other night? The um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like the there the it was really good. Like obviously it sucked that it didn't count. But what was cool about watching the replay of that over and over is you got to see both one how Luca put the ball right in the shooter pocket, and then two just how like. How, how tight the release form was on that. That was not the case last year. Uh, but last year, the dude looked like he was, you know, like not to, I love me some Sean Marion, but it was like the trebuchet motion where it's like, holy shit, he's winding up to shoot a three and he's shooting a three. It wasn't just like a tight push thing. So it, it, it's nice. I'm just excited about just everybody right now. There's, you know, the, the whole team's healthy. We're winning games. We're winning games against bad teams that, Supposed to, but you know, there's only two more games left in the season. They're they're both bad yeah. teams. You know, San Antonio's decent, but yeah. in Portland, we better not lose against that G League team on Friday. Uh, well, I mean, so I'm looking at. I have I actually have this build up. So since All Star break, they have won two games, oh. and they're over the last two weeks. Josh just pulled this up on cleaning the glass, like filtering out like garbage time. Their net rating is like a negative 17. Like they're getting murdered. It's yeah. not. I, I sort of expected Luca to pick up a tech just so he wouldn't have to play. You know? Yeah, what I was thinking, do you, do you honestly think that, man, I, we need this third seed. Do you think Luca should play? They might rest him. I do, because Luca looks like shit every time he takes a game off. Exactly, yeah. The, they, we just need to get this third seed. And right now I'm, I'm watching the Utah uh, OKC game. Ho- hopefully OKC can give us a solid because they beat us earlier this year. Hell, if they win tonight, that kind of overrides that, you know, where – and that pulls 
I mean, that actually clinches us uh, the fourth seed, at least the fourth seed. We'll have home court advantage if, if Utah loses tonight. Um, I was hoping Memphis was going to beat them last night, but that's okay. We won the Did night. Did you watch that game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Jaron Jackson Jr. channeling the ghost of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah he was making them. all those threes, and then he got tired at the end. They went to overtime. <laughs> Just missed. He shot the ball 28 times. <laughs> I would shit a brick if Chris Dapps Porzingis shot the ball 28 times when he was on the Mavericks. It yeah. was but at the same time, he was playing like he blocked Rudy at the rim a couple of times that made mm-hmm. him go, oh, no. And, like, I just want to talk about this because this is crazy to me. So, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. is pro. like, I kind of think he should win Defensive Player of the Year. Like, he's really, really good. He's going to finish the year with around – or like right now he had in the neighborhood of 240 steals and blocks called – you hear him called stocks, right? That's that's the nerd term for it. Somebody retweeted like like the list, the, the defense player of the year candidates who like what their stocks are this year, but then also noted Hakeem Olajuwon at one point, one year had 550 stocks in a season. If you're bored, go look up Hakeem Olajuwon's like career stats for steals and blocks. He is so far ahead of the next person. I mean, it's just crazy. I was listening to yeah. like the Hoop Collective pod on this, where like they were talking about some of these stats, like 550. Anyways, I know we're talking Mavs, but it's just oh, one no, of those no, numbers that sticks out in my head. Uh, one last thing though, before I get off, and OKC they keep missing easy shots. It's like frustrating. <laughs> I'm like watching this on my iPad right now. So this is frustrating because sure. Oh man, okay, so he could be down by seven right now, but now they're down by fifteen. Um, what what weakness do you think if we played Utah would we could easily exploit? Because I feel like they're a team that rattles under pressure when a team is coming coming back. Like let's say if Utah's up 10, 15 points, we would be that prime team to go against them, like because we could catch up easily. But I'm kind of concerned to go against the Utah because they have potential shooters and Bogdanovich is playing. Yeah. Well, the, the flip, like the thing about either Denver or Utah is neither team has a single person who can guard you, who can guard Luca. And okay. I mean, I, I guess Aaron Gordon, actually Aaron Gordon is pretty good, but past like the, like when you think of like Luca and bum hunting, like he, the guards on both of those teams are small. Like yeah. They don't have big, so it's like there's going to be mismatch hunting, and they're going to have to like the other uh, opposing defenses for either team are going to have to figure it out. So I'm I'm honestly not particularly freaked out by either. I would like to watch the Denver Mavs series more because I think there'd be a lot more offensive basketball just because I like watching Jokic play. And it's going to be nuts. And I think we can all agree we would feel much better going to the series having home court because that will really matter going against the Jazz. Like we, I don't think want- so. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to play. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm happy right now with this team. Good. So, you ought yeah. to be. It's fun. I, I was just uh, laughing with Josh. Like, I apparently, for the SB Nation season preview, predicted 53 wins for this team. Like, me, guy who yeah. shits on everything, pred- predicted oh, you're, 53 you're, wins. might end up getting 52. Does, I know. That, um, does anybody know? Uh, I mean, I don't think anybody will know yet. If we do get home court advantage, will the first game be on a Saturday or Sunday? Uh, no, nah, I don't know any of that. My yet. son actually they... wants to know because he can only go if it's on a Saturday. If it's on a Sunday, <laughs> we live four hours away. He can't go. I'm going to go no matter what happens. I'm going, like, to the first game. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. yeah, anyway. But hopefully, That's a good question. Uh, looking, looking forward to it either. Yeah, we'll get home court. I'm looking forward to this. All right. Talk soon, Chris. Thanks. Yes, sir. Right. Uh, whoa, lots of people. Uh, I guess I'll let Dalton come up. Hi, Dalton. I didn't see you down there. What's up? How you doing? 
I'm okay. So I'm still, I still sound like I smoked a pack of cigarettes, but you know, oh, whatever. It's the, yeah, it's, 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 it's the bibs life. <laughs> you got the flu out of nowhere. I just, you? like kids are disgusting. My son has gotten me so sick this year, like three or four times. Yeah, somebody in the chat just said, Kurt, I got to call you that now. I, I, I got I to pretend like it wasn't a typo. <laughs> so what you got, buddy? Yeah, look, look I, uh, I think I also – somebody I, – I don't even remember what I predicted at the beginning of the season, but somebody in my Twitter mentions uh, came in earlier tonight and said that I predicted 53 wins as well. And I was thinking, man, like if, if they just hadn't – you know, throwing away that game against the Wizards or if they didn't have one of those super bad losses against the uh, OKC Thunder or Magic earlier in the year, like, oh, we were so close. <laughs> right. <laughs> so close to nailing it. But, I mean, all things considered, the way they started, uh, they were 16 and 18 at one point. Now they're 20 games over 500, which seems ridiculous, uh, given that that was like – at New Year's, right? <laughs> so they they have just been incredible. I mean, uh, Luca, he's been crazy, and it, the three point shooting wasn't there tonight. But I mean, I'm just I'm just thrilled with where this team is at heading into the playoffs. And I know we've talked about you know the different playoff matchups, who we would rather uh, the Mavs play. And I, I mean, I I really just don't think it matters for the first round. I, I just want them to get to the third seed so they can avoid Phoenix as long as possible. But I don't think it really matters as much, you know, who they play in the first round because I think Luke is ready to go. The team is, you know, aside from Tim Hardaway Jr., they're, you know, fully healthy. And I think, you know, like uh, like Matt said in that roundtable we did uh, over at DallasBasketball.com, you know, at, le- at least it's not the Clippers. <laughs> so I- I'm right. very optimistic about the first round. Right, right. Playing, you know, playing the non-Clippers sounds nice. That's – that's really kind of what it comes down to. I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm curious to see what like the next several days like hold because you know Luca probably should get some rest, but I also don't like want Luca to get some rest. I, there we had a caller up here last game who I never really thought of this before, but I think he's right. Like Luca Doncic is is basically the running back who gets stronger throughout the game, and Luca is Derrick Henry, and and that is where I've settled. And Derrick Henry eats you the most whenever you're not ready for it. And Luca does the same thing. Um, I, I just if I don't want him to play against Portland, so I don't want him to get hurt, but I do want him to play against Portland to continue to work out the kinks. But you know, we're we're just in a great place to coast. I do. I, I I will say I, I need them to beat the Spurs because we've never swept the Spurs and sweeping the Spurs now en route to something bigger would feel extra special to me. For sure, and I mean, look, one thing, and I know I know everybody feels the same way because of how the Mavs have played against, or well, not how they played, but how the games have ended against Phoenix over the last couple of years, but. I mean, one thing we haven't taken into consideration, and it got brought up by a couple of guys that were in my uh, uh, Step Back Mavs watch party tonight, but, you know, the Mavs haven't played the Suns since they traded KP. And, you know, that was one of the biggest things when it got into in, into clutch time. Like, no matter how well the Mavs played, no matter if they had a big lead heading into the fourth, whatever the case was, you know, they just got eaten up by Chris Paul in the fourth yep. quarter. And most of that – Chris Paul's eaten them up for 
17 years or however damn long his ass has been in the league. Right. But like the most recent examples, it was mainly due to, in my opinion, you know, Christoph Porzingis and him getting that, that. Yeah. But it's like, like, like it's death taxes and Chris Paul hitting a fucking 15 foot fadeaway. Like (laughs) he, he's, he turned into Dirk with that shit. But yes, I I hear you. And, and the reason I say that is because it's like, even before the trade, the Mavs played the Suns very well, even without Luka. When Luka was out with that ankle injury for those back-to-back games against the Suns, they played really well, and they had leads in that game, you know, late in, that, late in both of those, and they just couldn't pull it out at the end. Well, now since the trade, the Mavs are the number one clutch team in the league, like by a considerable margin. Like it's not even, it's not even close, like how good they've been in the clutch since then. So – I feel like that was the only area where the Mavs, you know, didn't really match up as well with the Suns because they always played them well, uh, you know, getting down to that, that final five-minute stretch, and then they just fell apart. And now that seems to be one of the things that they have really improved uh, in the second part of the season, you know, since that trade went down. So I, 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 if the Mavs, even if they didn't get the third seed and they end up in fourth and, you know, if they do win in the first round and have to play Phoenix in the second, uh, I'm interested in seeing, you know, how that works out, having Dinwiddie now uh, to kind of, you know, just where teams can't just completely focus on Luka and, uh, you know, having that extra guy who can create his own shot and create for others and everything. I, I think having that three-guard lineup with him, uh, Luka, and Brunson will really help against a team like Phoenix. Now, I, I'm still not, like – I mean, I'm confident all the time, pretty much. I'm still not super confident that the Mavs would beat the Suns in a playoff series. I'm just saying, based on how they've played them and given the things that have changed since they played them last, I think there's a shot there. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see. Well, thanks so much, Dalton. You got anything else? Maybe not? No, I am gone. I was about to hop off. Thanks for having me. Okay. (laughs) Sure thing, dude. All right, uh, let's go to let's go to my man Drew. How you doing, Drew? Hey, Kirk, how you doing tonight? I'm uh, I'm all right. I'm having a nice little evening. My wife is apparently fully adopted Texas, as she's playing bunco tonight somewhere. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't I don't even know what that is, so I'll I'll pass on. I'll, it's I'll a, it's pass a, on I don't know. Ladies in all the neighborhood played it when I was a kid, and now my wife's doing the same damn thing. So oh, what's up? Okay. Well, a couple. Of, I mean, I don't want to talk about the game too much, just to say that that no look pass behind the head of Lucas was just sick, and uh, and Josh Green continues to improve, and I still say in five years he's going to be a better player than Desmond Bain, but we'll that, we'll see about like, that. He's better. Desmond Bain is playing better than Jalen Brunson. Are you telling me he's going to have a better career than Jalen Brunson? Two and a half years. Two and I a half. Don't I keep care. saying it. He's he, at, 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 at the same age that Josh Green is now. I don't care. Uh, Desmond People Bain was in college. He wasn't even in the NBA. He wasn't even in the NBA. <laughs> oh, God. Guy, I love you guys. I this love guy, you guys. This, Desmond Bain was in college, playing in college at the same age that Josh Green is now. But being good at basketball is part of that. Like, Pete, like I, we're just going to have the Josh Green discussion. I want to be happy that Josh Green is playing well. And instead, everyone's like, the pick didn't suck. Do you know how much better we would be with him right – with Desmond Bain right now? We would be the two seed. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I hear you. 
I hear you there, but this often happens later in the sure. first round, and even with lottery players. You'll have the older guys go later in the first round, yeah. and they and they they shine for two or three years because they've got so much experience behind them. They've got age. They're more men. They're more filled out and everything sure. like that. And then the lottery guys start to take over in years three, four, and five because then they finally come into their own because they're two or three years younger than these yeah. guys going later. Well, he, play, like, he played well tonight, and, and yeah. I like but, I, I like the little things he's able to do when he, he's feeling himself. Like the shot motion stuff is really important because last year I was genuinely concerned about the shot. Like you, some of the, some of the attempts that he'd take were like they really bad bounces. I, it, it's it's good. It looks totally. good now. I, I agree with you totally, but like I said, he was barely removed from high school last year, and that's the that that's that's the whole thing. But I didn't really sure. want to talk about that. There's two things I, that I want to talk about, not with the game, and that is number one. You know, you hear about all the talk for uh, you know. I'd like you to comment on it. All the talk for Rudy Gobert and everything like that. To me, I'm not a big fan of that. He's going to be 30 in June. He's going to be making 40 million dollars when he's 32 and and, and 33 years old. Right. And I think you're just getting saddled. I would much rather see them trade up to get Mark Williams, who I think is is a better value in the long run and can and can pretty much do what Rudy can do. I saw him. Ma- I saw him mocked was- to the Mavericks uh, earlier this week. Actually, at, at 24, believe it or not, Mark Williams. I don't know if he'll yeah. fall that. I don't that, think so either. Far, you know, yeah. but. But like I said, if they got a shot, you know, and it looks like he's falling to 17 or 18 or nine they, to try and move up, I think that would be more worthwhile than Gobert. And another thing is, is my biggest fear in this playoffs is that the Mavs get the number three seed, get there, beat Memphis in the second round, get to the conference finals, lose to Phoenix. And then the team feels like, oh, we can win with this and we don't need oh, to and get resign everyone. Proof. Yeah, just like they just like. Portland did Portland. a few years ago when 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 Dame got got him, you know they were just on fire and got him to the conference finals and they felt like okay we don't have to do anything now and just never got back there again. I, I don't want that to happen to the Mavs because I, this roster needs improving no matter how far we go in the playoffs. So I'll I'll go I'll make it quick because the Rudy Gobert thing I think it's it is impossible for him to come to Dallas unless he says he wants to come to Dallas. Like that's the only path. Sure. They just don't have anything there. Um, I think the basketball fit is quite good. I think the vibes fit is terrible because that man has my penchant for saying the wrong thing at the wrong fucking time. It is just incredible, like, watching and reading his postgame quotes. It's like, you're saying the quiet part loud every time. So then that just matters. Um, I also think that that you're, you're – I think we're going to see a wildly different Mavericks team regardless next year because – Jason Kidd and this coaching staff have squeezed absolute blood from a stone with this roster. I mean, it's a magnificent job. I could never have, like I predicted this, but I could not have predicted this is, is where my, my head is. I predicted the record just bullshitting. I wasn't actually like, it was like hoping against hope kind of thing, but they're, they're going to want their own players, their own guys. I mean, uh, not to, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if like Spencer didn't when he's not here, for example, like there, I, nothing would shock me with what's going to go down in this off season because Luke is too good. Um, so that, that's kind of where I sit with that. And then I, I do think your, your, your draft pick point. I really, I just love when the Mavericks have a pick because I love talking about the possibilities of college guys. Free agency makes me anxious because it's all smoke and mirrors and bullshit and agent talk. 
But this sort of like the, the, the college stuff, you know, talking about different guys and arguing over blah, blah, blah. I just think that's, that's a lot more fun because it's all nonsense. Like even with the Josh Green pick going back then, um, lots of people had, you know, the Mavs draft had him, like he, he kind of guessed that, that Green was the guy just due to what you've kind of talked about. But there was also like 15 dudes we wanted for that position, you know, and I, I love yeah, all of them two, two years or more older. But I love that, that notion of, of projecting hopes on a player. Sure. And that, that part's fun to me. It's always like, it always makes me, it, it's made me frustrated for years when the Mavericks didn't care about the draft because that's the, the, someone in the chat noted, it's like, why, or no, someone just sent me a, a text message asking, it's like, why does it feel like the Mavericks are always like a step behind on some of the roster building stuff? And it's like, because they haven't paid attention to the draft in 20 years. Agreed. Like, agreed. <laughs> you and the thing about Rudy time. Gobert. Again, the thing about Rudy Gobert, you're fucked on the salary cap for the next three years if you do that. I'm you, curious. Cause, cause I, I wonder how much million. the cap goes up. Yeah, but you're still got 85 to 90 million going to be tied up in two players, and that's and, and and I don't think Rudy's worth that, quite honestly. Sure. I mean, he's, yeah. I I think that that is certainly the case because anybody that that kind of has paid attention to the NBA over the years knows that like max level players there are maybe 10 of them in the league that actually earn the max level contract. Everyone else that gets paid that max simply gets paid it. It's not, they're not on the same level, but yeah, thanks Drew. This has been great. Yep. All right. Talk soon. Okay. Hey Doug, what's up? Hit that unmute button. There you go. Hey Kurt, how are you? I am all right. What can I do for you tonight? I just wanted to make a comment. I've been meaning to the last month or two, but kind of on the continuum from curmudgeon to Pollyannish, I'd say you lean curmudgeon, but on the, like KT, when he started playing better this year, you were hardly curmudgeon. I was happy. I'd say same thing on Josh Green, except a little bit tonight, but. No, oh, I mean, he's, yeah. he's been great. I just, I just don't want people to tell me he's awesome. I would rather just enjoy him for what he is. Yeah, I mean, I like the energy. Hell, he's making three point shots now, and pretty looking three point know, shots. Well, was that behind the head one? Was that to him? No, that was to Dorian. He, the one to him in the fourth okay. quarter, was a cross court from on the other side of the basket. Okay. Like like an overhead pass that looked like it was like a bullet like curve type thing. It was incredible. And then like he just catches it, his feet are in a good place, and he fired away. It was great. Yeah. So it's not like I never listened to Lockdown Mavericks for some Pollyannishness, but I generally appreciate <laughs> your uh, takes better. So hey, we love those guys. Their their brand is happy. Like Isaac, if I'm ever feeling grumpy about something, I talk to Isaac. He'll just make you feel better. Exactly. Exactly. So no comment on my uh, my uh, icon. I changed. I like it. I mean, that was one of you know the the Rick Carlisle Rajon Rondo thing is one of the like neither got like in hindsight both guys look like such assholes. It's great. Pretty much. Pretty much. So anyway, that that's it. Well, thanks for joining, Doug. Appreciate you. Talk soon. Take care. Leo, what's up, buddy? Hi, uh, I might have ruined everyone's happiness today so because of a semi-hot sure. take, but you know what? 50-night wins are meant for this. I need Mavs fans to stop talking about the MVP case I for Luka. Too. It does not exist, and we just we need to stop caring about that because you know why? 
No one in 10 to 15 years is gonna is gonna bring up the argument. Well, Luca was third or fourth in MVP voting in 2022. That's not the argument. The argument is Luca had three first team NBAs within his four years within oh, his first four years. That is the argument we have to fight for. We are gonna be arguing like we do for Dirk, like we do yeah. uh, like we're gonna have to do for Luca in the future, guys. Focus your energy on the first team NBAs. Those matter. The only people who end up using the what ranking or what uh how far you got in MVP voting are losers like James Harden. We don't want that. We want to make sure to be able to say Luca was a generational talent because you know why? In his first four years, three first team all NBAs. We need to focus on this. No more will Luca's being disrespected. So what? MJ needed that. Kobe needed that. We just need Luca to internalize it. And I'm not going to defend the man for coming in out of shape and playing like he didn't care for the first 20 games. I love the take. Bring the heat. I think you're right about this, but I also, like, I want people, like, when we talk about the MVP conversation, I want people to understand that, like, for net, the, now we all kind of better understand the parameters. Luca's going to have to play 70 games because no one has won it winning, playing less than 60 or less than 70 since Bill Walton, I think. And past that, he's going to have to play consistently. And I know people are saying, oh, he had great numbers, but he wasn't very efficient. I'm sorry. I, I think he'll play better, and I think next year he'll come in and kick ass. And that's what we want. I'm not going to – I'm not sitting here like, ah, oh, I'm angry. Look, I'm just like, I just want him to do better because like, I know he can. He's shown as he can, and this is like the one thing HP was right about. I didn't agree with almost anything HP said, but he was like, efficiency matters, and it does. Like, Luca taking one or two bullshit three-point shots affects the team scoring uh-huh. when you can get that to someone else. Well, and, and so it's funny. So it's like my buddy Matt makes a lot of people mad because he's good at that. He's also really smart. But he said something on Sam DeSini's podcast the other day, which I just went to town on him about, where he's talking about, well, Jason Tatum had COVID 18 months ago. So that explains why he played like shit through the end of January. No, it doesn't. It's a terrible argument. Luca rolled his ankle, or Luca got rolled up under, and we're, we hold that against Luca. But because Co- Tatum had COVID in 2018 or whatever the shit it was, like that is bad argument. I still don't understand it. He and I went back and forth for like an hour. It's fine. Like that—that's the best part about arguing sports with friends is you're allowed to like disagree. And it also comes back to the fact that ultimately it doesn't matter because it's not their top three anyways. So. Well, no, you're you. right. All right. I uh, hope everyone has a happy night. Uh, as far as the guy who came up earlier, when we find out when the Mavericks play, we'll find out on the ninth because that's when tickets go on sale at 12 o'clock for all the regular people. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk soon. Um, I apparently have to get out of here soon. Um, so let's uh, let's do a few rapids. What do you got, Matt? Uh, I just want to point out on the Desmond Bay and Josh Green thing, that is absolute insanity. Uh, and as a simple way to point that out, they have both played two years. And in both of those seasons, Desmond Bain has averaged more than Josh Green's season high. Yeah. That's but, okay. like, it I is, love, no, I love the love for it. Like, there's nothing more fun about sports than saying, I think this guy is going to be good. And then it coming out over time. Like, mine for this was actually Jaron Jackson Jr., who I took <laughs> You and I have argued about him. And yes. he's, 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 he's rounded out. Different. He has been very good this year. I mean, I, I talked to you about that. I was a big believer in that. Like, I was a huge fan of the the three J's, Mavs, and even before that, like, I thought Samaki Walker was going to be really good. I can go all kinds of people that, that I, I <laughs> love it. A Samaki Walker call in the year. The, the children in the pod don't know Samaki Walker. Love that. 
I mean, I'm just saying, like, I've watched a ton of Mavericks basketball over the years. But the problem that I'm going to tell you this as fans, this is the only thing I've really got today, is when you make over-the-top statements about a guy that you're trying to argue for, you actually do them a disservice because when people make the obvious answer back, they end up talking more crap about the guy you're talking about. Like, this is what happened when some people said Dirk was, like, top 10 all time. Mm. People tried to argue Dirk was the number one power forward all time over Duncan, which actually is randomly, I think, Dirk so might are have we been. Not, are we not going to talk about how the AP put Dirk on their all-decade team at center today? Did anyone yeah, see this? So everyone just forgot Dwight Howard ever existed. Um, <laughs> also, um, like, he never – he didn't make the top set. Which, by the way, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you, if I was an AP voter and I had a choice of I'm going to reward Dirk or Dwight Howard, I would always pick Dirk. I might pick Dirk over the on the 2020 team instead of Dwight Howard as, like, I mean, if that was an option. It doesn't matter. And I know Dwight isn't a candidate now. It's just yeah that I would have thought Jonas made more sense because technically two of his, both of his MVPs were in the 10 to 20s. But eh, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to complain about Dirk getting recognition. Um, but yeah, that's it. It's just don't, if you go over the top talking about how great you think a player is that's not there yet, you end up doing them a disservice because people talk bad about him. And yeah, then, yeah. well, and, I hope he gets a chance to contribute in the playoffs is where I'm going to settle. And I do think I, but I actually think like when you just look at the way the minute splits are going to go, I think he actually gets sidelined and people are going to be here being mad, but yeah. I, I mean, I hope it's not the case. Cause like his, Teams don't know what to do with him. He does weird, like like he is the ultimate like weird shit player. It's it's great. Yeah, and he's at his best in non-center lineups. Like that's the answer now. Yeah, it, is because they used to play him with Maxi so that there was spacing, but Maxi forgot how to shoot, so that doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I love it. You're right. right. We're gonna have to explore that before the playoffs. Well, thanks, Matt. All right. Have a good night. Yep. Uh, Harris, what's up? Mr. Khan, you there? Give him a second to try to tune in here. Maybe it's not picking up his audio. Uh, we'll try again here in a second. Um, invite yourself back up, Harris. Grayson, what do you got? Hey, Kirk. Um, good game tonight. I uh, don't have fun. a lot to say about it. Yeah, they just beat the shit out of a bad team, and, you know, good for them. Uh, it's cool. So I'm, I'm sure you saw the uh, – the statistic that came out today about how the Mavs are uh, 30th in spending over the last five years. I did. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to like come in and, you know, be negative after a, after a win, but like, I just wanted to get your opinion on that. I don't really want to do it yet. I think we should wait till the summer. I will say that it made me snicker. And I very much wanted to direct that tweet to people who have insisted to me for years that he is the best owner and spends the most and is a wonderful blah, but I am a better man. I'm not a better man than that. I was just too busy today. I might tweet people tomorrow. It was gross. Really funny to see is the answer. But, you know, they, they just did a new practice facility and stuff like that. So it's like stuff like that. I think it's factored in. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, we'll see is the answer. I don't, I don't really want to put too much stock in those sorts of numbers because it's just like a number that exists. There wasn't a lot of context. Yeah. And I mean, also like it was just the last five years and they've had some pretty epic free agency failures in the last five years. So 
they had, that's how much money they spent, but not how much money they tried to spend. Yes, yeah, I mean, and that that wasn't necessarily that wasn't salary. That was like spending additional stuff, etc. So it doesn't matter. Like, like the warrior, like you're out in California, Warriors are they're, you know they built a new arena, spending lots of shit. It's it's fine. It is what I'm not super worried about it. It was just like context-free numbers or something that always that, that are always worth examining. Is, is the thing. And I just didn't have time to look into it today. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a huge deal. I just thought it was interesting. So I thought I'd ask you about it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Let's try Harris again. If he came back, he didn't. Uh, Jacob, what's up, buddy? Oh, Hey Kirk. What's going on? Yeah. A couple things. Uh, now we not really much to talk about. We beat a, you know, like, uh, you know, we beat a bad team, but yeah, I will say this about the Pistons. I, I they're going to be scary in a couple of years. Cade's really oh, I, nice. I like Cade. Yeah, I I love that. He's like a he's kind of like a mini Luca almost at this point. I I really like his game. And uh, Sadiq Bay is nice too. But you know what? The the Josh Green agenda took a dub tonight because Sadiq Bay did not play well at all, and Josh Green did. And yeah, you know, I, I you may hate on the Josh Green agenda right now, Kurt, but you know I, I'm. I, w- I want to be the face for it. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> Let's go then. Go ahead. I love it. Uh, so no, you should love players. Let me be clear. Everybody yeah. should love the players that they love. Yeah, uh, but I feel like Josh Green's the player that I talk the most about on here. Honestly, like I said it a couple green rooms ago. Like I want, I want it for him so bad, more than I did for Crowder, more than I did for Larkin, more than I did for Shane Larkin. There's a name drop. Yeah, I know, man. Right? Uh, I can't think of anyone else. Yi Jin Lin, I don't know. But I like Justin Anderson. I, I like too. Him. Yeah, I did. I like Justin Anderson. Uh, it, that's who Josh Green probably reminds me the most, except he's a righty. Right. And we saw this like like Followell said it on the broadcast. Uh, Green was not <laughs> confident in his shot last year at all. He was too scared to shoot him. Now this year, he's taking them. He's making them. That's a good sign of development. Uh, he he dropped the stat that's since like the last, I don't know, month and some change. He's just over like 42% on that on threes or something like that. Yeah. So, well, I mean, the, the volume, the only way the, volume increases is if minutes increase. And I'm not sure where he gets any extra minutes in this rotation. Sure. sure. Like, I hope, uh, like one of the things that's pissed me off about kid is that on games where like, if he doesn't play like 35 minutes Friday, I'm actually going to be mad. Like the, <laughs> There, he does, he's not a net like he he's not an, there, he's not why they're losing is what I'll say when they lose games. Josh Green mm-hmm. isn't so it's yeah. like on a game where they should beat the shit out of the Blazers. Give me all the Josh Green. Let him play all five positions. But yeah, let like, him handle the ball like he did against them earlier this year. I think that's when he dropped uh, what was it eleven assists or something like that. Uh, in point Portland. point Josh Green is a riot. He does all the jump passes and like bad Dwayne Wade shit. I love it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like what I've seen from him when he's playing in the backcourt. And you know what? Give me, give me some more Josh Green minutes at the five, man. Why not? Yep. The Trailblazers have been garbage since the All-Star break. What did you say? Two wins? Two wins. Very bad. Why not, man? Yeah, let's see it. So that's oh, the yeah. Josh Green agenda. And, uh, you know, I, I guess that's it for now. Uh, but uh, were you smoking that Lakers pack last night? Man, I went to bed. And then I woke up, and it's just, you know – I like I need less Lakers. Like the, just less Lakers in round two when Brian Windhorst and the fucking poop collective start talking about 
the Lakers, I'm going to shit a brick and start screaming online at the various other blue check marks who do this stuff for a living and be like, I understand the Lakers drive traffic. Like, that's the thing that I need to get over as a content creator. Like, you like you want to increase your traffic, put Lakers and LeBron James in your permalink of your stuff, and you just get people that come there by search using Google. It's crazy. But they suck and are boring. You cannot be both. Like, it's 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 too much. So I, I'm really glad they're done, and maybe we don't have to hear about them until, like, late April. Well, I – I, I somehow I doubt know. that. I'm sure tomorrow will be, you know, f- since we are, we've already heard Frank Vogel's getting shit housed. You know, who's going to take over? So maybe we're going to be Lakers fans tomorrow night as they play the Warriors, and we hope LeBron James comes back and scores 50 again. Yep. You know what? Now, I mean, now that they, now that they have absolutely nothing to play for except maybe pride and LeBron the scoring title, and hey, go for it, man. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Lakers. <laughs> Just, yeah, oh. just, just take all the shots, man. I don't care. <laughs> all right, Jacob. Thanks so much. Well, I, I one more thing. Oh, if, sure, if, sure. I, I I did want to ask you about a tweet that I came upon. I I I didn't hear it, didn't see it. Uh, I just it, it could be hearsay. Uh, but supposedly Chuck Cooperstein asked a kid about Dwight Powell's play recently, and he said it was uh. <laughs> like Rudy Gobert, like, like I just want to ask. Well, what you I don't, about. I I'm gonna have to go hunting for this because uh, big fan, big fan of that kind of clap back. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I can't. Yeah, I, I can't tell if he said that with like a sheepish grin or anything like that. But I thought it was hilarious. That is funny. <laughs> well, thanks yeah, so much, yeah. Jacob. Yeah, no problem. All right, guys. I'm sorry. My wife's telling me I got to cut this short and uh, apparently go play bartender. Um, Javier notes in the chat though that uh, Luca versus Cade was fun, and fun is an understatement. I love when stars go head to head. Josh Bo just pointed that out in the chat. Woo! That Cade is going to be fun, you guys. Like uh, nobody's like Luca, but he's a competitive psychopath, and I think that's that's really amazing. Yeah, Leo, I will not be having any drunk. I will be bartending. That's what the the role of the husband is sometimes when she has friends over. All right, everybody be good, and we will talk on Friday. Yeah, Friday. Everybody uh, have a great week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.